You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's this feeling right when you do it. It feels like you're almost about to fall, but then you don't. And you can just feel the momentum carrying you around. Like being a little kid on the playground when you just like throw yourself at like the jungle gym and you go like, wee, around in a circle. So it's kind of that feeling, um, but yeah, a little more controlled. <laughs> ah, welcome to another Ozzy Confidential. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. And today we got something special. We got Renee Wu. Now, you know, stories come to us a lot of different ways. I, I love how this came to me via somebody else who said, hey, at Microsoft, I was working with this genius engineer, and one day she stood up at a meeting and said, fuck this, I'm leaving to become an international pole dancer. Renee Wu. Sexy is something that is, like everybody has a vision in their head right. of what sexy means to them. Right. And there might be overlapping pieces amongst different people's definitions, but 
there's also many differences mm-hmm. and I think sexy as a as a feeling as like a theme as a concept is very very vague and it's very big and it can be many different things so yeah I was working at Microsoft for a bit and I was pretending to be an engineer so but what would you what did you get your degree in? I got my degree in physics okay so I was a master's like, PhD um, I got my undergrad in physics, and then I have a master's technically in applied physics. Right. I had started a PhD program, and then I quit the PhD program. Because Where? What school? At Stanford. Okay. All right. So, uh, bachelor's at Caltech. Okay. And then PhD ended up as a master's at Stanford, uh-huh. which is how I ended up in this area in the first got, place, got, 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 is got. why I moved here. Where'd you go to high school? Hong Kong. Oh. So, I grew up in Hong Kong. Okay. Um, I went to one of those international schools. Uh-huh. So it's like they took uh, an American school and transplanted it into Hong Kong. Oh, and so I was there from kindergarten all the way through high school. Okay. Which is why I speak English as, Amer- as an American. Okay. Because okay. like, I was surrounded by a whole bunch of expats. But you also speak Cantonese, yeah, so Mandarin? Yeah, I speak Mandarin, Mandarin because my family's from Taiwan. And so right. we spoke Mandarin at home. And right. then I picked up Cantonese from just living in Hong Kong for okay. 15 years. All right. I was good at math and science growing up, right. and so I assumed that I like it. Because you know yeah. when you're little, you like the things you're good at, yeah. and you never stop to think about why you like it. You're just like, yeah. I'm good at it, therefore I must like it. Yeah. That just carried me all the way through until, yeah. you know, year one of grad school when I realized, wait, don't like <laughs> And I realized, yeah, since I quit, don't miss it. I started teaching pole around when I started working at Microsoft. Got it. Because... Yeah, my two jobs picked right. up at the same time. Right. And so by the time I quit Microsoft, I'd been teaching for a while, but that was still when I had no real uh, plan to have Paul be my right. like actual job. Right. Like Paul was still just a hobby. It was a hobby that like, you know, I got paid to teach other people. How did, but, how, how did, how did, how did you get into it? Um, so I tried Paul because I was at Stanford mm-hmm. and looking for some form of dance to do because mm-hmm. I've always been a dancer. Right. And so when I Googled Is that what you did, like, in high school instead of sports? Uh, Yeah, so I did dance and gymnastics, basically from the ages of, like, six onwards. Okay. um, All the way through the end of high school. Okay. Um, So I've always been dancing, and I kept dancing all the way through college. And so when they moved up here for Stanford, I was like, okay, I need to find myself a dance studio. Right. When I Googled dance studios near Stanford, um, Potential popped up. And because it is one of the few places with adult classes right. that is within like a half hour radius of Stanford. Okay. And so I was like, I'd never done pole before, but I was like, mm, why not? I'll try it. Right, right, right. Came, uh, loved it from like the very first second, mm. and I just never left. But yeah, so I was uh, at Microsoft, um, and then I decided that I don't want to be an engineer anymore. Because <laughs> I was looking at my peers, right. and they all were excited about science. They were excited about the research they were doing, come up with new ideas and like the actual day-to-day process of it. And I was just like, wow, I am not like you guys. And so. So now when you left, did this create, were your parents cool, whatever? Or did you you already have a job lined up? Oh, God, no. Um, (laughs) So when I left, um, I was totally expecting my parents to freak out because, I mean... Of course they would. Yeah. I you know, stereotypical Asian parent, right? Yeah, right. Uh, they were totally cool with it. Uh-huh. It was baffling, actually. I was like, wait, you guys are so okay right now. Were they cool because you already had the job? No, I had so? no job. Okay. So that goes into this funny thing is not from the U.S., right? right? I was born in Taiwan. I was raised elsewhere. Right. And so I only came to college. So I was on a student visa. Uh-huh. 
And so then that brought up the other part of if I quit school, mm-hmm. bye-bye student visa, right. I need a way to stay in this country. Right. So I had been together with uh, then boyfriend, now husband, right. for a couple years now. And like right. we had already planned on getting married. Right. It was just kind of like, okay, so I know we were going to get married like four years later, but how about we do this now? <laughs> <laughs> like, what about we get married like right now right. instead of four years later? It's like, so sure, I next week, no, I mean now. <laughs> right, like, right so fucking I now. Stay right, in right, this right. country. Right. Um, I was, yeah, I was honestly a little bit surprised. Mm-hmm. I was definitely um, expecting some kind of resistance or mm-hmm. some questioning of like, mm-hmm. are you sure this is a good idea? Right. But they've been nothing but super supportive the whole way. And um, I think... What they tell me is that they see how much happier I am now versus like when I was in grad school, when I was working at Microsoft. And so seeing that helps reassure them that like I definitely made the right choice because they're like, yeah, you're you're a different person. You're a much happier person. You're not miserable. And this is a good thing. And so like even though you are now doing something that's very different than what we all expected, like this is good. So the first move that I was ever taught how to do is mm. called uh, a roundabout or a dip spin. It's still my favorite move. And so what we start almost all beginners with, you just like hold on to the pole and you like make a little circle around. And so one, one hand on the pole. One hand on the pole, one foot on the floor. So you're not even in the area. Right. And you just like rotate big right. circle around right. the pole. Right. 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 And you can just feel the momentum carrying you around. Right. And... That feeling is just, it's so much fun. Right. And there's something about it that just like really clicked uh-huh. and like resonated uh-huh. within me uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, where I just felt like this is what I want to do. Right. All and right. then, you know, it turned out that I was like reasonably good at it. And so I was like, now I'm here. <laughs> uh, I've never been shy about my body. Mm-hmm. Um, again, somehow, lucky enough, I didn't really grow up with those body image issues. Um, and I think. That is because not, I, not the good parenting, maybe or good parenting. I think great coaches because yeah. my yeah. my gymnastics coaches. Yeah. There are a lot of gymnastic coaches who really push people, and a lot of ballet teachers, right, who really push their students of like, you're too fat, you need to be thinner. I was lucky that I had amazing teachers and coaches who didn't yeah. like put any of that on us when we were kids, and instead the focus was always on like what you can do, yeah. which is what we tell people here now, right? Yeah. You focus on what your body can do instead of what it looks like. Right. And I guess I've just been lucky that I've always grown up with that idea. And so to me, it's never been a big deal. So like when I started pole too, and you'll see this when people first start pole, they'll start with like clothes. And the first time you tell them like, you got to take those pants off, they're kind of like, are you sure? Or like the first time you like, you have to get rid of the shirt. Are you sure? Even some of our other instructors, they'll tell you like the first time they went to pole, they were like, oh no, I'm keeping all my clothes on. (laughs) And now they're like, everything off, right? Um, but like when I first started, like that wasn't like a hang up for me. Yeah, it was just yeah. like, I was like, oh, it's functional. Yep. Therefore, I will do it. Yep. And so I think like when it goes on stage, yep. so long as it's functional, like yep. if nudity is important to the performance I'm yep. doing, it's yep. got to do it. This is yep. what it's going to have to be. So lest you think that what happens at these competitions is very much what happens at the strip club, you're wrong. It's not. These things take a better part of a day and they have uh poles that are kind of pinioned to the floor, huge stage, and a a, a judging panel that's as unforgiving as any judging panel ever. And these are moves that a lot of times, if you're on a 16-foot pole or 16 feet up high off the ground on a pole, there's only one part of your body touching the pole preventing you from plunging to your death below. So it is not without its risk. But 
to win, you have to be a combination of skillful, strong, graceful, all while making it look slick as snot. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Some expressions of sexy are easier to learn than others. And I think this is like, why like, you like, start like, by... Like what? You can tell me. Well, in terms of like um, movements uh-huh. and like what movements convey as sexy, right. some movements are easier to learn on the body. Like right. for somebody who is new to uh-huh. dance, to right. some form of like physical expression, certain styles of movement okay. will be easier for a beginner to pick up right. than other styles. To me at least, and this is just like my interpretation of it, right. sexy stems from confidence. And so... It can be fast, it can be slow, it can be aggressive, it can be shy, but there is this underlying confidence and like um, the sense of uh, contentment with yourself and like your own energy. And it's that when it's transmitted outwards that gets read as sexy. At Friday Foreplay, the unofficial motto of Friday Foreplay, right? Someone somewhere finds it sexy. (laughs) Like no matter what you do, someone somewhere finds it sexy. There are some people who very much do truly believe, mm-hmm. like in their own mind, mm-hmm. that what they do has nothing to do with stripping, has nothing mm-hmm. to do with strip clubs. Right. To me, I'm glad to see that it seems like that's getting slightly less common. Right. Those people still exist. There are still people right. out there. And I think that is like, yeah, in response or in reaction to right. the social stigma that's out there. Right. Because even here, where most people are pretty chill with it, right? Yeah. Like, um, I worked at Microsoft yeah. and Nobody mm. ever like yeah. questioned the fact that I did pull. They all knew, yeah. Yeah. and how some of them had like looked at my videos, yeah. and nobody like looked down on me for mm. it. Like mm. nobody like yeah. made any remarks about it because in the Bay Area we're pretty lucky. People are pretty calm yeah. about this stuff. Yeah, right. But even here, we have some students yeah. who worry about like what do I tell my friends? What do I tell my family? Because they will tell their family, and their yeah. family's not happy. Yeah. Their family is not okay with it, and they go like, "I can't believe you do that." And so I can see but, but, why. But, okay, so the use of the word "that," what do they mean? What do you think they mean when they say I that? I think like for those people mm-hmm. who have that impression, I think mm-hmm. it is because they they only have um, this mental image of pole in relation to right. sex work and right. stripping, yeah. and because they maybe haven't had very many interactions no. with sex workers of yeah. any form. Right they've made up this image in their head of what that seems to be to them. Right. And unfortunately, as the case with most things, if yeah. you're just making up something in your head, you tend to assume the worst. I think, I think probably one of the most damaging things to the sport or to the endeavor had to be Chris Rock. <laughs> Do you remember his routine where he was talking about contemplating being a parent and making the right parental choices? And he goes, you know, any choice that keeps your daughter off the pole. Keep my baby off the pole. It, it's things like that, right? Yeah. That like feed into that impression where yeah. if you don't know, if, mm. if that's your only context by which yeah. you've ever heard of pole, yeah. then of course you associate negatively with it because you have no reason not to. Do you think that this in general has improved the quality of, of pole dancers in strip clubs? In other words, do you, is, it, is, it, is it a neither fish nor fowl thing? Do you find, I, I'm wondering like how many people who actually do it Whole started mm-hmm. from the strip clubs. A lot of the moves yeah. that we take for granted now were made up by right. strippers right. who were just, you know, at work. Yep. 
doing their own thing and they made up these things and they spread yeah. and then you know now we officially teach them yeah. but now it's got it's gotten to the point where people are now talking about it and they do this with new sports a lot of times they talk about well should we get it in the olympics mm-hmm. we're gonna try to get it in the olympics and i'm feeling that there's this kind of in a push to legitimize it there there is another push inside the community to like separate it from the strip club roots right to say yeah yeah you know yeah, it's a, it was a strip club thing, but it's not, you know, there's no, and it feels to me like the truth is somewhere in the middle. There's so much happening now. There's so many people who do poll now that like. How many, how many do you think? Oh, I have no idea. You'll hear a lot of people say like, this is their therapy, yeah. but like what they're seeking therapy from, I think that is where it differs from person to person. And for me, at least that is part of why, like a big part of this for me is fostering the kind of community that encourages that because this is that like safe, happy space you can go to where you can learn to feel good about yourself. You can learn to feel proud about yourself and be okay with that and not feel ashamed of like yourself, your body, your abilities. Like you don't have to try to hide and pretend that you're not as good as you are. You don't have to try to fake humility. Like here we encourage people to be really confident and be like, yes, I know I am good. I know I am great. I know I'm beautiful. I know I am strong. And to be okay with that because that's not something that women especially get a lot there's a higher chance that, like a lot of times you know when i meet somebody new and they ask what i do um and i tell them i own the pole and aerial studio they go oh yeah i've heard of that or oh, i've seen that or it's like oh i've thought about maybe trying it or i know somebody who has tried it and it's always easier when there's just more general awareness of what it is that you do right and so for sure 10 years ago very different story would have been much harder then than it is now do, do, do you miss Physics. No. No. Next up, next week, ooh, Javier Mendez. Who? What? Yeah, oh, look, he is like the Bill Belichick of MMA, mixed martial arts. It runs a place called AKA, American Kickboxing Academy, the winningest fight gym like in the world. And uh, uh, we're excited to get to talk to him. I, you want to hear me fanboy out next week on Ozzy Confidential. Ozzy Confidential is produced by who else? Me, Eugene S. Robinson, and executive produced by Robert Kulos. And this episode was sound designed, edited, and mixed by Nick Johnson. For more Ozzy Confidential, check us out on Ozzy.com. That's O-Z-Y dot com slash confidential. 